Oh, he preaches. <laughs> Just want to say thank you guys. Um, this church has meant so much to us. Sorry. Um, Pastor Gray, when we came here, we were really, I was really hurt. hurt. And um, God is so faithful. Oh, man, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Things ever, you know, God's faithfulness. He is amazing, and um, and he can heal. You guys have just been wonderful. <laughs> been a wonderful family, so thank you, church. Oh, okay. <laughs> We love you guys so much. Um, yeah, okay. Um, well, let me just share a little bit about, you know, what's going on, and um, we're gonna we're just going to jump in the Word. How many know God has a word for us today? He does. Amen. Um, again, I want to thank not only all of you guys, but I want to thank personally Pastor Gary from the pulpit um, for him, all the moments, all the mentorship, the times where I didn't want coaching, but but needed it. Uh, he's been he's been amazing. So uh, keep serving him, amen. Keeping faithful. Oh, okay. Uh, before we jump into the word this morning, and we're talking about our legacy, I made a little fun list to for me for Lydia and I, things I will miss the most of Ravenna Assembly. All right. So it's gonna have some fun. We're gonna have. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell. Just a story or two before we jump in the word. But number one, number one thing I'm going to miss about Ravenna Assembly is pastor's cooking. Yes. Talking about that meatballs. Oh, sorry, Wendy. You, you missed that. <laughs> um, from, the, from the men's breakfast to the Italian nights. Amazing. Um, first men's breakfast I came to, what, fall maybe 2017. Um, how many of you guys like this gravy? Just it's just so good. I got a little too enthusiastic with it and didn't really know the level, though the spice level was up here. And um, I was feeling it later. Let's just say that. Number two, number two thing I'm uh, going to miss the most is Gene Nunn's jokes. Yes. <laughs> but not only him, but so many of you guys have, have thrown me some zeners, and I am just not expecting, especially Rick Boston and some of these other guys, um, we, we've had a lot of fun in this church, amen? So, but Gene, particularly, I'm going to miss your, <laughs> your jokes and your little zeners. Uh, yeah, don't encourage it, right? <laughs> He's like, I got, 
I got one stored up for you. <laughs> All right, number three, crazy fun moments with our teenagers. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of fun with our youth leaders, with Gary, with Sean, with Audrey and Lydia, and Michelle. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with these these group of kids. Um, two quick stories. Number one, we always would go to Fun and Stuff, the amusement park over there in Macedonia. And one of the favorite things that teenagers love to do is to ride the go-karts, right? So we get in line, and we've, we've done it a couple times, and we say, all right, all right Pastor Joe, you're going to go over here, and, and you know, that attendant kind of puts you in the certain cars. Well, I didn't, I didn't know, but the car that they put me in was one of those junior-sized. <laughs> so, but they're like, hey, we got to go. Let's go. Let's get it going. They're ready to go. The other kids are already strapped in. So I'm, you know whenever you should be done with go-karting, whenever your feet are hanging outside of it, and you can't even get the seatbelt on, and he's like, you're fine, man, just go. Just do your laps. <laughs> and uh, so that was probably my last time go-karting. Um, story number two with the teenagers. Um, certain this, uh, a couple of summers ago, we would play kickball over here in the field, Kickball, you know, having a great time, split it up the teams, and then we would, um, you know, we have back and forth, you know, who's going to bat, who's going who's gonna to be in the field. So I get up to bat, and I'm, you know, I think it was Sean or Gary, they go ahead and roll me the ball. I go ahead and hit it, and it went really, really far, and I'm booking it, and I got a home run. And I'm cheering, I'm so excited, but the girls over here are laughing at me. What's your problem? What's, what's going on? You're supposed to be cheering. You're on my team. And it was, I'm going to call her out, I'm going to embarrass her. But Malia Swastik was laughing at me. She said, Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, your run is a dad run. <laughs> I said, what is that supposed to mean? She said, no, 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 just the way you were swinging your arms, it, that's a dad run. Thanks, Malia. I'm going to get you later. <laughs> Go take a lap. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe it. Now, every time I'm running, I'm like, Dad run, dad run. <laughs> uh, that's number number three. Number four, incredible moments of worship with this worship team. We have a great, you guys are so blessed. Amazing team. Um, I, honestly, whenever, <laughs> of course, whenever I was interviewing with Pastor, he, he asked me, so do you sing? Yeah, yeah, I, I've sung before. Do you play guitar? Yeah. Okay, get up there. All right. But I've never, I've never led songs before. It wasn't really my wheelhouse. And um, you guys and, and the team were just so gracious and, and learning. But, but having those moments with the team, um, every single one of you guys, from, from the choir before COVID to, to the team now, uh, Lydia and I are so, so blessed. Um, we have incredible moments of God moving, whether it was special night or special service or just a regular Sunday that just God moved. Um, Incredible moments that I'm going to remember. And then last but not least, all the love that you've given me and my family all these years. So whether that was you guys loving on my kiddos, um, whenever our youngest Abigail was born, it was right before COVID, and you guys showered her with love, um, and uh, all, all of our girls and Lydia. So we thank you so much. We love you guys. Okay. How many know God has a word for us today? How many know that he's on the move? There's so much that has transpired 
weekend, over even just the beginning of this year. But the word that God gave for me today is our legacy. What do we what do we want to be remembered by? What do we want to pass on? Not only to our kids and grandkids, but to future generations that we won't we won't see. How many know that this time today, now more than ever, it's very important to our future generations that they have a, a legacy of faith of those around them. Amen. Um, like we said, we're we're going to be lead pastoring down in uh, Harrison, Ohio, so kind of in the corner, southwest corner of the state. And it's going to be really strange because I've been in youth ministry now for about 10 years. And it'll be um, a weird transition. But I, I've seen a lot, a lot of change, even just with youth ministry and working with students. Um, changes in the church, changes in our teenagers. But the very, the constant has always been whenever there's a strong legacy of faith around them. Whenever there's a church that's loving on our teenagers, our youth, they feel that, that, that position. I'm, I want to go after God. I see it modeled around me, and I want to pursue him. There's a passage of scripture today I want to focus on that, that deals with a, a time of transition for Israel. In the Old Testament, we follow the people of God, Israel, through from the exodus and, and now into the wilderness, and then Joshua takes control. And the book of Joshua is about the conquest of Canaan and the final entry into the promised land. What the very end of the book of Joshua is, is this farewell address. And I want to pick it up right there with the story, verse 30 continues, and examine what the text says. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, and we have a long, longer passage, but that's okay since everyone knows I preach kind of short, but hey, it's going to be great. A longer passage will do you good. We're going to skip around a little bit, but what we're going to be doing is looking at certain passages and talking about it from there, all right? So Joshua chapter 24, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau. But Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then 
you lived in the wilderness for a long time. We're going to pause it right there in the scripture. The first 13 verses of this chapter, it's a recap. It's, it's recapping all, all that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua brings them all together and recounts the history of all that God had done for them. And there's this overwhelming theme all throughout of this history of God's provision and his deliverance. Whenever there wasn't a way, he made a way. Even when the people of God were stubborn or they disobeyed, he still provided. His hand was on the people no matter what. You see, what was going to happen here is Joshua was going to renew the covenant with the people. In chapter 24, it followed a similar pattern to, to other ancient Near Eastern treaties. And it, it starts with this preamble, this introduction, and then it goes through this historical prologue. It's a recounting of the past. Then there are stipulations etched out back and forth, and a written record is agreed upon. Witnesses are named, and blessings and curses are considered. And we see this pattern with Israel and the Lord. Joshua begins with this reminder. Don't forget, Israel, all that the Lord had done for you. Remember, certain generations didn't survive, and they weren't allowed to enter the promised land because of their disobedience. So there were some gaps in what generations knew, or at least what they believed. So we, just like Israel, how many know that we need to be reminded of God's faithfulness? All that we've been talking about today, we need to be reminded of his faithfulness. We need to have stories being told of God's goodness and his, his miraculous power and how he provided whenever there wasn't any other way. So church, when we talk about our legacy how do we want to preserve the legacy God wants us to continue? To continue? How, what, what does it look like? Well, point number one, legacy is passed with stories of God's miracles. Legacy is passed with stories of God's miracles. In this address, we don't just kind of skip over the stories, for the Israel at least, you don't skip over the stories of the past just because you've heard them. They're not fairy tales. They're not legends. These were historical events that happened in their history. Yet so many of the Israelites, they were complacent. And they were hoarding their pagan gods. They weren't committed fully to Yahweh. Yet time and time again, Yahweh proved to be faithful, just, and their provider. So church, do you know what happens whenever we, we fail to, to remember Whenever we fail to, to pass on stories of God's goodness, his faithfulness, if we don't have a strong biblical foundation, what, what begins to happen is that we begin making assumptions of God. We don't hear the stories. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what's going on, or we don't hear that God's still moving. We start to doubt. We start to have a hard time. People doubt his provision, his faithfulness, and his will. Yet whenever the stories and testimonies are shared, faith rises, because that's who our God is. Amen? We remember who he is and that he hasn't changed. So church, he hasn't changed, but has our view of him changed? We know the verse, we've, we've quoted all the time, in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same, everyone say it with me, yesterday, today, that's it. 
So we need to remember that he hasn't changed. So, well, Pastor Joe, that's, that's how he used to work, or that's, that's what he used to do. No. He's still on the move today. Are we working? Are, are, we, are we wanting to see him? Are we wanting to see his, his miracles today? When we talk with other generations, we need to share those stories. What has God done in your life? What has God done? What, what I love to do, and we talk, we've talked about this with the teenagers, uh, is keep a journal. Keep some sort of written record of, of stories. You know, God, I had a, a prayer that I, I prayed about this time or this date, and then you answered it, and you see the pattern of his faithfulness. You see that this pattern, that he's, he's been with you, that every prayer that he hears, what has God done? How has he provided? Has he answered prayers? How many of you, church, you go to the, you go to the grocery store and you have a lawn list? You, you, have, you have a written list of what you need to get. How many of you guys do that? Okay, how many of the others, you guys just wing it? You just kind of wing it. You just kind of go through the aisles, sort of, yeah. <laughs> what happens, though, whenever you don't have that list or you, you just kind of wing it? You spend more. You're going to forget some things, right? You're going to buy the wrong ingredients. Could be that. How many of you guys have, and I've, I've seen this a couple weeks ago over at Giant Eagle. There's always this guy, and he's got a cart full of groceries, and he's on the phone. Hey, honey, what was that again that you needed? And, it, you, and it, sometimes they're even FaceTiming. They're kind of checking the ingredients, and they're looking around and around. No, 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 not that one, this one. And you're just, you're over here, and you're like, I'm going to go to the next aisle. I'll come back. <laughs> I need to get over there, and he's having a hard time. <laughs> but we forget, right? We just, whenever we don't, we're not reminded or we don't have a written record, we forget things. Or we start to to purchase the wrong things. Church, whenever we're not reminded of his faithfulness, whether that's just stories being shared at a coffee shop with a, a brother or sister in Christ, or, or we hear testimonies, um, we start to assume, we start to, to lose that, that pattern of his faithfulness. Now, we have his word, absolutely. His word gives us that, that, that it's living and active, that he's not just some God over here that, that we put over on the shelf, but that he's active and moving. But share stories. Preserve the legacy of your faith by passing those stories. There's a, there's a verse in Revelation that says, if you guys remember this, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone say testimony. Testimony. Sharing. This is what God has done in my life that encourages, that edifies, that builds people up. Liddy and I were at a, uh, a pastor's retreat a couple weeks ago, and it was a small little group. We had um, different people from our, our Bible college, and they're, they're kind of ministering all over the country. And we, we took some time to do exactly this. We just shared stories. What is God doing in your life and in your church, and how has he changed you, and has, is he still moving and working? And church, there is nothing more encouraging to hear this person over here at this part of the country or, or another place around the world 
he's still working, that builds us up, that lifts us up. He is still on the move. So we go back to the text and we say, well, okay, Joshua, we know that he did all that back then. What about right now? And you gotta, you got to kind of think, you got to put yourself um, right there in the audience. You're hearing Joshua speak. Now, Joshua at this point, church, he's 110 years old, and he's giving this farewell address. He recounts all this history, and then he musters up all this energy for this one last challenge. And he says this in verse 14. Now, fear the Lord. Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates. And in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose. Make the decision. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And we know this verse. Everyone say it with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make the decision, right? That's what Joshua just puts it up to them. It's up to you. You're either going to serve these pagan gods or you're going to serve Yahweh. But as for me and my house, this is what we're doing. He cuts right to the heart of the people. He knew that Israel, they've been flirting with pagan idolatry for, for years. And even at that right moment, in the crowd, there were those that were worshiping other gods. Or they had idols, or they had things among them that, that, for them, were cutting them off from God. And he was giving them a decision. Church, we want our legacy to continue, our legacy of faith. Our legacy is passed whenever we make a stand. Everyone say, make a stand. Make a stand. Make a decision. The choice is yours. How many know there's no straddling the fence? when it comes to our walk with Jesus. And we're not going to get into this, but just the, the picture just keeps coming back to me where, where Jesus talks in Revelation to the church of Laodicea. I, I wish you're either cold or hot, not lukewarm. But Joshua's saying, hey, it's time, it's time to stop the indecisiveness. Make a decision. He made the decision with Caleb years prior as the two faithful spies that said, no, no, we need to go. And the other ones convinced all of Israel to disobey God. He made the decision long ago to make a stand. Scripture, church, is filled with instances where somebody, somebody said, hey, now is the time. Make a stand. Years later, you have Elijah on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18 where he says in verse 21, How long, Israel, will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is, follow him. The RSV version, I love what it says here. It says, How long will you go limping between two opinions? How many know, church, now more than ever is the time to make a stand for God? Um, I'm not going to get on a a soapbox, but just suffice it to say that the pandemic has has made certain bad habits of the church rise up. 
But now we got to say, you know what? I'm, as for me and my house, whatever else pe- people are doing, okay. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make a stand. Make it a stand will go against the grain, unfortunately, even again among believers. Let me encourage you, church. I'm not talking necessarily about, about salvation. What I am talking about is I'm daily convicted that now is the time. It's Joe, it's now. Make, make a stand for me. Will we give up our lives for him or, or is our lives more about being comfortable and, and, and kind of maintaining the status quo? Or is our life truly to what Jesus says to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after him. Let me ask it kind of a different way. How many know that actually sitting on the fence, figuratively, sitting on the fence is, is pretty dangerous? Whenever you don't make a decision, you, you guys have seen this all the time. How many of you, you've been out driving, and you're driving, and there's someone that's a really hesitant driver that's around you? Like you start to pull out into an intersection, someone starts to commit, and then they stop, and then they go forward. Seems like there's more accidents that way. How many of you guys are more of those hesitant drivers? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like just just make a decision. Are you gonna turn? Are you not? Get out of the fast lane. Make a decision. <laughs> so many of us we we get in that that spot. Well, I'm not sure. I just don't know. And this is me, church, because I want to analyze. How's it going to be? What's the scenario? How's it going to play out? How many know we don't always know what's going to happen? We don't know the future. But make a decision for God. Make a stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whether it's, whether it's popular or not, whether it's politically correct or not, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what, make a stand. Next, our legacy is past and how we walk, our walk with the Lord, our relationship with him. Let's continue with the passage here. We're talking about, talking about retelling stories and, and testimonies of God's power. We take a stand, and now we're talking about our walk with him. Look what Joshua and, and the people, look at their banter back and forth. Joshua chapter 24, verse 16 It says, then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. And then they make their decision. We, too, will serve the Lord because he is our God. And now Joshua, he kind of throws some shade at him. He says, no, no, verse 19, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people say, no, no, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua said, okay. Verse 22, you are witnesses against yourselves. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. 
And then he gives him one final challenge. Now then, throw away your foreign gods. Like he, he knows. He's like the preacher. Just He knows what's going on in your life. Throw away those, those things that you don't need. Stay faithful to the Lord God of Israel. So again, Joshua, he responds. It's back and forth. It's very common between a treaty or a covenant between a people. He speaks to them, and then he, he kind of gives that shocking uh, you know, condition in verse 19. You're not able to serve the Lord. He's holy. He's jealous. He's not going to forgive your sins. But wait a second. Wait a second, Pastor Joe. Are you saying God isn't able to forgive sins? No, no. Look at the context here. We know that God does forgive. Psalm 103, verse 3, He who forgives all our sins and heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. What Joshua is saying there, church, is that you cannot take this lightly. You can't take it casually to say, oh, I'm going to serve Jesus. No. It can't be a, a kind of a flippant decision. It has to be heartfelt. It has to be all of you. It has, you have to say, God, I am going to serve you no matter what. Rather, Joshua's warning is not to suggest that God is unforgiving. Quite the contrary. He cannot condone turning away. That's the point. Is that right there, the challenge is, hey, here's what's going on. You serve me, great, okay? And if you don't, here are the, here are the curses. Here's what's going to happen. But church, we know we have to make a stand for him. We can't straddle the fence anymore. Too many Christians are doing that, honestly. Too many are, are, are saying they believe, but they're just, they're, 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 they're in this spot where they're not serving him. Serve the God, the same God as before. This point, next point here, church, is that we serve the same God of miracles as before. What are we seeking him? Make a stand for him. Decide not to straddle the fence any longer. Serve him. Let me encourage you, church, further. Just like what we talked about before in that song, Lydia and I sang, we serve the same God. Amen? Same as before. Decide like Joshua did that I... I'm going to continue my legacy of faith. I'm going to pass it to my kids, my grandkids, future generations, that I have a legacy, I have a faith that I'm going to continue. Something scary I, I, I read on, on Facebook, and I'm going to botch the quote, but it said something of, if our generation, or I should say, we are one generation away where one is apathetic and the next generation follows is complete disbelief in God. If our generation is, is hey, I'm, I don't even know about serving, I'm not worshiping, I'm not, my heart really isn't there, the one that follows is going to model and see that. Why do I need God? Why follow him? Make a stand for him, church. I'm going to decide to serve him because he is the same God, and he is the one that is faithful and true. So maybe today, church, you just say, with, with, with this, I, I, I want to be like Joshua. 
just make a decision. And some of us were just kind of caught up in, in what was going on, and we were caught up in different things. But we need to make that decision. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You know, maybe today you say, you know, Pastor Joe, I've, I've never made that decision. I need to say, I've never said yes even to Jesus. I've never accepted him in my life, in my heart. I want to respond to that, that still small voice that's telling me, bring me in, accept me in. Well, Romans 9, verse 9 says, For if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he rose from the dead, then I will be saved. It's the action. It's, it's saying, God, I, I'm saying yes to you. Come into my life. Forgive me. For when we do, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and then to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, to make us a new person, make us a new, a new creation for him. So this morning, again, before we move on, before we go to the next, to the challenge, if there's anyone that says, you know, Pastor Joe, I, I need to say yes to Jesus this morning. I need to accept him in my life, maybe for the first time. Or maybe you've walked away and you need to come back home. Today's the day. Say, Pastor Joe, I, I need to say yes to him this morning. Would you just affirm that with just an upraised hand and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And believer, it's, it's brother and sister in Christ, it's, it's time to take the stand. Time to take a stand. For too many of us have been on the sideline and, and we don't jump in because whether we're too afraid or we've been hurt or we're not sure how it's going to work out. Begin to serve. God, I give you my heart. I, I give you everything. I'm going to be like Joshua and say, no, no, I'm making that decision. No more straddling the fence. I'm making the decision for you. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. He's the same God. He's waiting for us to respond. He's looking for those believers that are willing to step up and say, God, I'm, I'm willing. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing. I give you my heart, Lord. No matter what happens, I'm going to serve the Lord. I will make his gospel known and be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Don't hold back, church. Serve him wholeheartedly. Give him all of your heart. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, church, and then we're going to have a time where we respond. But just, just here right now, would you, would you just repeat this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I make a stand today. I will serve you. I give you my heart. 
give you everything. Lord, today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today, no more straddling. I'm moving forward. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Some of you guys are ready for that stand, making that stand for him, that legacy of faith. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Vince, if you'd have the second stand. There you go. I'm going to ask Pastor Lydia, would you mind coming up one more time? Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Better taking a stand. I'm going to ask you to go down there. Because I want your last memory to be of the fact that I was taller than you at one point. Oh, you think that's really funny, don't you? I'll never forget, the men's group went to a, an Arrows game. And Bill Little and his wife, who used to live in this area, came here, married them as a couple. But at that point in time, Bill was a big guy, about the same height, and about three times, he's as skinny as a real now, but I sat down in my seat, and where does Pastor Joe and Bill Little sit? Right in front of me. Hey, no way I'm seeing the game this time. Board members and your, and your wives, if they're with you, could you come and stand behind them as... represent the arm of the house. Kathy? Yeah, thank you. Hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. no. You keep doing that, you'll end up staying. Then we're stuck. Stretch your hands out to them, please. Lord, we bless them. And we pronounce your hand upon them. Let your anointing rest on them. As you take them to this next step, this next level, strength, be his teacher, be his teacher, wisdom, insight, and understanding. May he continue to grow in rest, and may he continue to grow as your servant, as your shepherd. Lord, just raise Lydia up to another level too. Let her never ever feel like she's being kind of left behind or taking the second step. She is the hugest thing in this ministry. And I pray that you will surround her, love on her, and become through her. Lord, we as your house, your community here, 
we do send them out ordained of God to the glory and praise of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the furthering of your kingdom. We send them out. We ordain them to go forth. Not mildly, not meekly, but boldly in the name of Jesus. To let no man despise them. To let no man come between what you are doing in them. But literally, we ordain them to go forth in the name of Jesus. And to preach the good news. Bless them, love on them, guide them, direct them, be with them, and let them know we're praying for them. In Jesus' name, we send them, we release them. Amen. This
Michael, he preaches. <laughs> Just want to say thank you guys. Um, this church has meant so much to us. Sorry. Um, Pastor Greg, when we came here, we were really, I was really heart hurt. And um, God is so faithful. Oh, man, God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Sing, Patrick. God's faithfulness. He is amazing. And um and he can heal. You guys have just been wonderful. <laughs> been a wonderful family. So thank you guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we love you guys so much. Um, yeah, okay. Um, well, let me just share a little bit about, you know, what's going on, and um, we're, gonna, we're just going to jump in the Word. How many know God has a Word for us today? He does. Amen. Um, again, I want to thank not only all of you guys, but I want to thank personally Pastor Gary from the pulpit, um, for him, all the moments, all the mentorship, the times where I didn't want coaching but but needed it, uh, he's been he's been amazing. So uh, keep serving him, amen. Keeping faithful. Oh, okay, uh, before we jump into the word this morning, and we're talking about our legacy, I made a little fun list to for me for Lydia and I, things I will miss the most of Ravenna Assembly. All right, so it's gonna have some fun. We're gonna have. Uh, I'm going to tell just a story or two before we jump in the word. But number one, number one thing I'm going to miss about Ravenna Assembly is pastor's cooking. Yes. Talking about that meatballs. Oh, sorry, Wendy. You, you missed that. <laughs> um, from, the, from the men's breakfast to the Italian nights. Amazing. Um, first men's breakfast I came to, what, fall maybe 2017. Um, how many of you guys like this gravy? Just, it's just so good. I got a little too enthusiastic with it and didn't really know the level, though the spice level was up here. And um, I was feeling it later. Let's just say that. Number two, number two thing I'm uh, going to miss the most is Gene Nunn's jokes. Yes. <laughs> but not only him, but so many of you guys have, have thrown me some zeners, and I am just not expecting, especially Rick Boston and some of these other guys, um, we, we've had a lot of fun in this church, amen? So, but Gene, particularly, I'm going to miss your, <laughs> your jokes and your little zeners. Uh, yeah, don't encourage it, right? <laughs> He's like, I got, I got one stored up for you. <laughs> All right, number three, crazy fun moments with our teenagers. Uh, we've had a lot, of, a lot of fun with our youth leaders, with Gary, with Sean, with Audrey and Lydia, and Michelle, uh, we've had a lot of fun with these, these group of kids. Um, two quick stories. Number one, we always would go to fun and stuff, the amusement park over there in Macedonia. And one of the favorite things that teenagers love to do is to ride the go-karts, right? So we get in line, and we've, we've done it a couple times, and we say, all right, all right Pastor Joe, you're going to go over here, and, and you know, that attendant kind of puts you into certain cars. Well, I didn't, I didn't know but the car that they put me in was one of those junior-sized. So 
But they're like, hey, we got to go. Let's go. Let's get it going. They're ready to go. The other kids are already strapped in. So I'm, you know whenever you should be done with go-karting, whenever your feet are hanging outside of it, and you can't even get the seatbelt on. And he's like, you're fine, man. Just go. Just do your laps. <laughs> and uh, so that was probably my last time go-karting. Um, story number two with the teenagers. Um, certain this, uh, a couple of summers ago, we would play kickball over here in the field. Kickball, you know, having a great time, split it up the teams. And then we would, um, you know, we have back and forth, you know, who's going to bat, who's going who's gonna to be in the field. So I get up to bat, and I'm, you know, I think it was Sean or Gary, they go ahead and roll me the ball. I go ahead and hit it, and it went really, really far, and I'm booking it, and I got a home run. And I'm cheering, I'm so excited. But the girls over here are laughing at me. What's your problem? What's, what's going on? You're supposed to be cheering. You're on my team. And it was, I'm going to call her out, I'm going to embarrass her. But Malia Swastik was laughing at me. She said, Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, your run is a dad run. <laughs> I said, what is that supposed to mean? She said, no, 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 just the way you were swinging your arms, it, that's a dad run. Thanks, Malia. I'm going to get you later. <laughs> Go take a lap. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it. Now, every time I'm running, I'm like, Dad run, dad run. <laughs> uh, that's number number three. Number four, incredible moments of worship with this worship team. We have a great, you guys are so blessed. Amazing team. Um, I, honestly, whenever, <laughs> of course, whenever I was interviewing with Pastor, he, he asked me, so do you sing? Yeah, yeah, I, I've sung before. Do you play guitar? Yeah. Okay, get up there. All right. But I've never, I've never led songs before. It wasn't really my wheelhouse. And um, you guys and, and the team were just so gracious and, and learning. But, but having those moments with the team, um, every single one of you guys, from, from the choir before COVID to, to the team now, uh, Lydia and I are so, so blessed. Um, we have incredible moments of God moving, whether it was a special night or special service or just a regular Sunday that just God moved. Um, Incredible moments that I'm going to remember. And then last but not least, all the love that you've given me and my family all these years. So whether that was you guys loving on my kiddos, um, whenever our youngest Abigail was born, it was right before COVID, and you guys showered her with love, um, and uh, all, all of our girls and Lydia. So we thank you so much. We love you guys. Okay. How many know God has a word for us today? How many know that he's on the move? There's so much that has transpired, again, over even just the beginning of this year. But the word that God gave for me today is our legacy. What do we, what do we want to be remembered by? What do we want to pass on? Not only to our kids and grandkids, but to future generations that we won't, we won't see. How many know that this time today now more than ever, it's very important to our future generations that they have a, ge a legacy of faith of those around them. Amen? Um, like we said, we're, we're going to be lead pastoring down in uh, Harrison, Ohio. So kind of in the corner, southwest corner of the state. And it's going to be really strange because I've been in youth ministry now for about 10 years. 
and it'll be um, a weird transition. But I, I've seen a lot, a lot of change, even just with youth ministry and working with students. Um, changes in the church, changes in our teenagers, but the very, the constant has always been whenever there's a strong legacy of faith around them, whenever there's a church that's loving on our teenagers, our youth, they feel that, that, that position. I'm, I want to go after God. I see it modeled around me, and I want to pursue him. There's a passage of scripture today I want to focus on that, that deals with a, a time of transition for Israel. In the Old Testament, we follow the people of God, Israel, through from the Exodus and, and now into the wilderness, and then Joshua takes control. And the book of Joshua is about the conquest of Canaan and the final entry into the promised land. Well, at the very end of the book of Joshua is, is this farewell address. And I want to pick it up right there with the story, and what story continues, and examine what the text says. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. And we have a long, longer passage, but that's okay since everyone knows I preach kind of short. But hey, it's going to be great. A longer passage will do you good. We're going to skip around a little bit, but what we're going to be doing is looking at certain passages and talking about it from there. All right? So Joshua chapter 24, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau. But Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. And he brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. So we're going to pause it right there in the scripture. The first 13 verses of this chapter, it's a recap. It's, it's recapping all, all that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua brings them all together and recounts the history of all that God had done for them. And there's this overwhelming theme all throughout of this history of God's provision and his deliverance. Whenever there wasn't a way, he made a way. Even when the people of God were stubborn or they disobeyed, he still provided. His hand was on the people no matter what. You see, what was going to happen here is Joshua was going to renew the covenant with the people. 
In chapter 24, it followed a similar pattern to, to other ancient Near Eastern treaties, and it, it starts with this preamble, this introduction, and then it goes through this historical prologue. It's a recounting of the past. Then there are stipulations etched out back and forth, and a written record is agreed upon. Witnesses are named, and blessings and curses are considered. And we see this pattern with Israel and the Lord. Joshua begins with this reminder. Don't forget, Israel, all that the Lord had done for you. Remember, certain generations didn't survive, and they weren't allowed to enter the promised land because of their disobedience. So there were some gaps in what generations knew, or at least what they believed. So we, just like Israel, how many know that we need to be reminded of God's faithfulness? All that we've been talking about today, we need to be reminded of his faithfulness. We need to have stories being told of God's goodness and his, his miraculous power and how he provided whenever there wasn't any other way. So church, when we talk about our legacy, how do we want to preserve the legacy God wants us to continue? To continue? How, what, what does it look like? So point number one, legacy is passed with stories of God's miracles. Legacy is passed with stories of God's miracles. In this address, we don't just kind of skip over the stories, for the Israel at least, you don't skip over the stories of the past just because you've heard them. They're not fairy tales, they're not legends. These were historical events that happened in their history. Yet so many of the Israelites, they were complacent. And they were hoarding their pagan gods. They weren't committed fully to Yahweh. Yet time and time again, Yahweh proved to be faithful, just in their provider. So church, do you know what happens whenever we, we fail to, to remember? Whenever we fail to, to pass on stories of God's goodness, his faithfulness? If we don't have a strong biblical foundation, what, what begins to happen is that we begin making assumptions of God. We don't hear the stories. We don't, we, don't, we don't know what's going on, or we don't hear that God's still moving. We start to doubt. We start to have a hard time. People doubt his provision, his faithfulness, and his will. Yet whenever the stories and testimonies are shared, faith rises because that's who our God is. Amen? We remember who he is and that he hasn't changed. So church, he hasn't changed, but has our view of him changed? We know the verse, we, we quote it all the time, in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same, everyone say it with me, yesterday, today, that's it. So we need to remember not he hasn't changed. So, well, Pastor Joe, that's, that's how he used to work, or that's, that's what he used to do. No. He's still on the move today. Are we working? Are, are, we, are we wanting to see him? Are we wanting to see his, his miracles today? When we talk with other generations, we need to share those stories. What has God done in your life? What has God done? What, what I love to do, and we talk, we've talked about this with the teenagers, uh, is keep a journal. Keep some sort of written record of stories. You know, God, I had a prayer that I, I prayed about this time at this date, and then you answered it. And you see the pattern 
of his faithfulness. You see that this pattern, that he's, he's been with you for every prayer that he hears. What has God done? How has he provided? Has he answered prayers? How many of you, church, you go to the, you go to the grocery store and you have a long list? You, you, have, you have a written list of what you need to get. How many of you guys do that? Okay, how many of the others, you guys just wing it? You just kind of wing it. You just kind of go through the aisles, sort of, yeah. <laughs> what happens, though, whenever you don't have that list or you, you just kind of wing it? You spend more. You're going to forget some things, right? You're going to buy the wrong ingredients. Could be that. I mean, you guys, have, and I've, I've seen this a couple weeks ago over at Giant Eagle. There's always this guy, and he's got a cart full of groceries, and he's on the phone. Hey, honey, what was that again that you needed? And, it, you, and it, sometimes they're even FaceTiming. They're kind of checking the ingredients, and they're looking around and around. No, 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 not that one, this one. And you're just, you're over here, and you're like, I'm going to go to the next aisle. I'll come back. <laughs> I need to get over there, and he's having a hard time. But we forget, right? We just, whenever we don't, we're not reminded or we don't have a written record, we forget things. Or we start to, to purchase the wrong things. Church, whenever we're not reminded of his faithfulness, whether that's just stories being shared at a coffee shop with a, a brother or sister in Christ, or, or we hear testimonies, um, we start to assume, we start to, to lose that, that pattern of his faithfulness. Now, we have his word, absolutely. His word gives us that, that, that it's living and active, that he's not just some God over here that, that we put over on the shelf, but that he's active and moving. But share stories. Preserve the legacy of your faith by passing those stories. There's a, there's a verse in Revelation that says, if you guys remember this, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Everyone say testimony. Testimony. Sharing. This is what God has done in my life. That encourages, that edifies, that builds people up. Liddy and I were at a, uh, a pastor's retreat a couple weeks ago. And it was a small little group. We had um, different people from our, our Bible college. And they're, they're kind of ministering all over the country. And we, we took some time to do exactly this. We just shared stories. What is God doing in your life and in your church? And how has he changed you? And has, is he still moving and working? And church, there is nothing more encouraging to hear this person over here at this part of the country over, or another place around the world that he's still working, that builds us up, that lifts us up. He is still on the move. So we go back to the text and we say, well, okay, Joshua, we know that he did all that back then. What about right now? And you got you to gotta kind of think, you got to put yourself um, right there in the audience. You're hearing Joshua speak. Now, Joshua at this point, church, he's 110 years old, and he's giving this farewell address. He recounts all this history. And then he musters up all this energy for this one last challenge. And he says this in verse 14. Now, fear the Lord 
Serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose. Make the decision. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. We know this verse. Everyone say it with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make the decision, right? That's what Joshua just puts it up to them. It's up to you. You're either going to serve these pagan gods or you're going to serve Yahweh. But as for me and my house, this is what we're doing. He cuts right to the heart of the people. He knew that Israel, they've been flirting with pagan idolatry for, for years. And even at that right moment, in the crowd, there were those that were worshiping other gods. Or they had idols, or they had things among them that, that for them were cutting them off from God. And he was giving them a decision. Church, we want our legacy to continue, our legacy of faith. Our legacy is passed whenever we make a stand. Everyone say, make a stand. Make a stand. Make a decision. The choice is yours. How many know there's no straddling the fence when it comes to our walk with Jesus? And we're not going to get into this, but just the, the picture just keeps coming back to me where, where, where Jesus talks in Revelation to the church of Laodicea. I, I wish you're either cold or hot, not lukewarm. But Joshua's saying, hey, it's time, it's time to stop the indecisiveness. Make a decision. He made the decision with Caleb years prior as the two faithful spies that said, no, no, we need to go. And the other ones convinced all of Israel to disobey God. He made the decision long ago to make a stand. Scripture, church, is filled with instances where somebody Somebody said, hey, now is the time. Make a stand. Years later, you have Elijah on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18, where he says in verse 21, How long, Israel, will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is, follow him. The RSV version, I love what it says here. It says, How long will you go limping between two opinions? How many know, church, now more than ever is the time to make a stand for God? Um, I'm not going to get on a, a soapbox, but just suffice it to say that the pandemic has, has made certain bad habits of the church rise up. But now we got to say, you know what, I, as for me and my house, whatever else pe people are doing, okay, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make a stand. Making a stand will go against the grain, unfortunately, even again among believers. Let me encourage you, church. I'm not talking necessarily about, about salvation. What I am talking about is I'm daily convicted that now is the time. It's Joe, it's now. Make make a stand for me. Will we give up our lives for him or 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 is our lives more about being comfortable and, and, and kind of maintaining the status quo? 
Or is our life truly to what Jesus says, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after him? Let me ask it kind of a different way. How many know that actually sitting on the fence, figuratively, sitting on the fence is, is pretty dangerous? Whenever you don't make a decision, you, you guys have seen this all the time. How many of you, you've been out driving, and you're driving, and there's someone that's a really hesitant driver that's around you? Like you start to pull out into an intersection, someone starts to commit, and then they stop, and then they go forward. It seems like there's more accidents that way. How many of you guys are one of those hesitant drivers? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, just, just make a decision. Are you going to turn? Are you not? Get out of the fast lane. Make a decision. <laughs> so many of us, we, we get in that, that spot. Well, I'm not sure. I just don't know. And this is me, church, because I want to analyze. How's it going to be? What's the scenario? How's it going to play out? I mean, we don't always know what's going to happen. We don't know the future. But make a decision for God. Make a stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whether it's, whether it's popular or not, whether it's politically correct or not, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what, make a stand. Next, our legacy is passed in how we walk, our walk with the Lord our relationship with him. Let's continue with the passage here. We're talking about, talking about retelling stories and, and testimonies of God's power. We take a stand, and now we're talking about our walk with him. Look what Joshua and, and the people, look at their banter back and forth. Joshua chapter 24, verse 16. It says, Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out, out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. And then they make their decision. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And now Joshua, he kind of throws some shade at him. He says, no, no, verse 19, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people say, no, no, we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua said, okay. Verse 22, you are witnesses against yourselves. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. And then he gives them one final challenge. Now then, throw away your foreign gods. Like he, he knows. He's like the preacher. Just, he knows what's going on in your life. Throw away those, those things that you don't need. Stay faithful to the Lord God of Israel. So again, Joshua, he responds. It's back and forth. It's very common between a treaty or a covenant between a people. He speaks to them, and then he, he kind of gives that shocking, um, you know, condition in verse 19. You're not able to serve the Lord. He's holy. He's jealous. He's not going to forgive your sins. Well, wait a second. Wait a second, Pastor Joe. Are you saying God isn't able to forgive sins? No, no. Look at the context here. 
we know that God does forgive. Psalm 103, verse 3, He who forgives all our sins and heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. What Joshua is saying there, church, is that you cannot take this lightly. You can't take it casually to say, oh, I'm going to serve Jesus. No. It can't be a kind of a flippant decision. It has to be heartfelt. It has to be all of you. It has, you have to say, God, I am going to serve you no matter what. Rather, Joshua's warning is not to suggest that God is unforgiving. Quite the contrary. He cannot condone turning away. That's the point. Is that right there, the challenge is, hey, here's what's going on. You serve me, great, okay? If you don't, here are the, here are the curses. So here's what's going to happen. But church, we know we have to make a stand for him. We can't straddle the fence anymore. Too many Christians are doing that, honestly. Too many are, are, are saying they believe, but they're just, they're, 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 they're in this spot where they're not serving him. Serve the God, the same God as before. This point, next point here, church, is that we serve the same God of miracles as before by seeking him. Make a stand for him. Decide not to straddle the fence any longer. Serve him. Let me encourage you, church, further. Just like what we talked about before in that song, Lydia and I sang, we serve the same God. Amen? Same as before. Decide like Joshua did that I, I'm going to continue my legacy of faith. I'm going to pass it to my kids, my grandkids, future generations that I have a legacy, I have a faith that I'm going to continue. Something scary I, I, I read on, on Facebook, and I'm going to botch the quote, but it said something of, if our generation, or I should say, we are one generation away where one is apathetic and the next generation follows is complete disbelief in God. If our generation is, is hey, I'm, I don't even know about serving, I'm not worshiping, I'm not, my heart really isn't there, the one that follows is going to model and see that. Why do I need God? Why follow him? Make a stand for him, church. I'm going to decide to serve him because he is the same God, and he is the one that is faithful and true. So maybe today, church, you just say, with, with, with this, I, I, I want to be like Joshua. Just make a decision. And some of us were just kind of caught up in, in what was going on, and we were caught up in different things. But we need to make that decision. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You know, maybe today you say, you know, Pastor Joe, I've, I've never made that decision. I need to say, I've never said yes even to Jesus. I've never accepted him in my life, in my heart. I want to respond to that, that still small voice that's telling me, bring me in, accept me in. 
Or Romans 9, verse 9 says, For if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that he rose from the dead, that I will be saved. It's the action. It's, it's saying, God, I, I'm saying yes to you. Come into my life. Forgive me. For when we do, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and then to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, to make us a new person, make us a new, a new creation for him. So this morning, again, before we move on, before we go to the next, to the challenge, if there's anyone that says, you know, Pastor Joe, I, I need to say yes to Jesus this morning. I need to accept him in my life, maybe for the first time. Or maybe you've walked away and you need to come back home. Today's the day. Say, Pastor Joe, I, I need to say yes to him this morning. Would you just affirm that with just an upraised hand and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And believer, it's, it's brother and sister in Christ, it's, it's time to take a stand. Time to take a stand. For too many of us have been on the sideline and, and we don't jump in because whether we're too afraid or we've been hurt or we're not sure how it's going to work out. Begin to serve. God, I give you my heart. I, I give you everything. I'm going to be like Joshua and say, no, no, I'm making that decision. No more straddling the fence. I'm making the decision for you. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. He's the same God. He's waiting for us to respond. He's looking for those believers that are willing to step up and say, God, I'm, I'm willing. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing. I give you my heart, Lord. No matter what happens, I'm going to serve the Lord. I will make his gospel known and be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Don't hold back, church. Serve him wholeheartedly. Give him all of your heart. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, church, and then we're going to have a time where we respond. But just, just here right now, would you, just, would you just repeat this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I make a stand today. I will serve you. I give you my heart. I give you everything. Lord, today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today, no more straddling. I'm moving forward. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Some of you guys are ready for that stand, making that stand for him, that legacy of faith. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Vince, if you'd have a seat, please. There you go. I'm going to ask Pastor Lydia, would you mind coming up? One more time. And 
They're taking a stand. I'm going to ask you to go down there. Because I want your last memory to be of the fact that I was taller than you at one point. Oh, you think that's really funny, don't you? I'll never forget. The men's group went to a, an Arrows game. And Bill Little and his wife, who used to live in this area, came here, married them as a couple. But at that point in time, Bill was a big guy, about the same height, and about three times. He's as skinny as a real now, but I sat down in my seat, and where does Pastor Joe and Bill Little sit? Right in front of me. Ain't no way I'm seeing the game this time. Board members and your, and your wives, if they're with you, could you come and stand behind them as you represent the arm of the house? Kathy? Hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. You keep doing that, he'll end up staying. Then we're stuck. <laughs> Just stretch your hands out to them, please. Lord, we bless them. pronounce your hand upon them, that your anointing rest on them. As you take them to this next step, this next level, I pray, strength, be his teacher, be his teacher, wisdom, insight, and understanding. May he continue to grow in rest, and may he continue to grow as your servant, as your shepherd, as your pastor. Lord, just raise Lily off the table to love her too. Let her never, ever feel like she's been left, kind of left behind or taking the second step. She is the hugest thing in this ministry. And I pray that you will surround her, love on her, and become through her. Lord, we as your house, your community here, we do send them out, ordained of God, to the glory and praise of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the furthering of your kingdom we send them out we ordain them to go forth not mildly not meekly but boldly in the name of Jesus to let no man despise them to let no man come between what you are doing in them but literally we ordain them to go forth in the name of Jesus and to preach the good news. Bless them, love on them, guide them, 
direct them. Be with them. And let them know we're praying for them. In Jesus' name. We send them. We release them. Amen.